0: What's up everybody? You are listening to the Early Risers Podcast. I'm your host, Skylar Deem, and I am an early riser. First of all, before anything else, I would just like to thank everyone for being here. There's something about the holiday season that just brings the best out of me, but from the bottom of my heart, if you've been a longtime listener, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen, to consume the information that I have in this show, whether that's from me, whether that's from a guest. Seriously, thank you, and to the people who've only been listening for maybe an episode or two, or maybe this is even your first time, seriously, thank you for taking the time. Welcome to the community, welcome to the movement, I'm so, so, so excited to have you here. Now, if you are a first time listener to the show, this podcast is all about helping you live a more effective life, right, that's the term early riser. Because to me, that's really what an early riser is. It's someone who goes out of their way to make sure that they're better than they were yesterday, right? Whereas most people hear the term early riser and they think you have to be up by 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or you have to be up before the sun. To me, all it is is waking up earlier than you have to and making that time for some uninterrupted personal development. So it's not about doing leaps and bounds and waking up at 4 a.m. if you're used to waking up at 10 a.m. You know, if you get up at 10 a.m. and you start your day and you have to go to work, but you decide, you know, tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 9:30, and for those 30 minutes I'm going to do something that benefits me. Maybe I'm going to move. Maybe I'll meditate. Maybe I'll practice gratitude. Just something that pushes me to get better. If that's the mindset you have, even if it's 9:30 in the morning, you are an early riser. Now, again, welcome to the show. I am so, 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 so excited for today's show. The show is going to be all about the gut brain connection. And honestly, it's a topic that I'm super, super passionate about. And just doing my research for this episode, I came across so many mind blowing studies that I'm just really, really, really excited to share. Um, The holiday season's coming up, so I'm in a great mood as well. If you celebrate Christmas, this episode's coming out on Christmas Eve. So if you're listening to it on Monday or Tuesday, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. If you're listening to it after, I hope you enjoyed your Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you enjoyed your holiday and I hope you had a good time off. I hope you had a good time relaxing and I hope you had a chance to celebrate something in your own life. So with that being said, I don't want to make this episode too sciency, but at the same time, I do want to provide enough research to really, really eliminate any doubt that you have on this subject. So there is going to be some science, there's going to be a lot of research, and my hope is by the end you have a completely different understanding of the gut-brain connection. So, if you've never heard of that term before, what is the gut-brain connection? So more and more, science is showing us that what we consume is directly affecting how we think and how we feel, and that our gut and our brain are actually connected. Now that may sound like bogus for someone who's never heard that before, But the reality is that if you've ever taken the time to actually notice your feelings before and after you eat certain foods, odds are you've been able to tell that your mood can be affected by the food you eat, right? I'm sure if you've eaten at a super healthy restaurant before that has really high quality food, you've left super satisfied, right? You're not overly full, you feel like you have a lot of energy, and you're probably in a great mood. But what about when you get a lower quality meal? Whether that's fast food, food that's been heavily fried, or just some low-quality food with lower-quality ingredients. If you've noticed this, after you eat these types of meals, you feel bloated, you feel tired, and if you really take the time to notice, you probably feel a little emotionally off. Whether that's a little upset, maybe you're angry, maybe you're sad. You know, in general, sometimes the meals we eat really, really do affect our mood. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to get into the research in this episode, but seriously, you know, it's something that you can experience to find out for yourself. So I'm going to challenge you, commit yourself to eating a super healthy meal within the next few days if you don't normally and take note of how you feel, right? Just take note, see how you feel after you have this good food. And I'm not going to challenge you to have an unhealthy meal, but the next time that opportunity happens to arise, whether that is for Christmas or whatever that occasion is, take note of how you feel. See if you have a headache, see if you feel a little emotionally drained, or even if you're just not as focused as before. So that's what we'll be discussing today. I want to dive into the details of the gut-brain connection so I can make it brutally clear to everyone listening about really how the food and drink that we consume has a direct effect on how we think and feel. Now before we dive into that, I do want to do my current obsession. For first-time listeners, my current obsession is a little section that I have where you know, I'm I'm the type of person who I kind of weirdly invest myself in different things at different points and I get a little obsessed with different, you know, areas or things in my life. So, my current obsession this week is a supplement and it's a supplement called Basis. So, a while back, I was invited to try the supplement Basis. It's a supplement by a company called Elysium, which is actually a company that puts science first. They're a really really cool company. They're doing a lot of awesome stuff. And basically everything that they do is backed by years of research. They're not just mixing ingredients together and putting it out to the public, but they're backing up everything they claim with hard, hard research. So what is Basis? Basis is a daily supplement that's backed by over 25 years of aging research. So this is serious, 25 years. And it's all about cellular health and optimization. It has two simple ingredients in it that help promote the coenzyme NAD+ in the body which is responsible for energy creation, DNA maintenance, and circadian rhythm regulation. So I'm currently obsessed with this supplement because number one it's completely natural and it's really really safe to use, you know they backed it by a lot of research, and number two since taking it I've seen some pretty insane changes in my daily energy and my sleep. So on the topic of my energy it's not like I'm super energetic or jittery but I have just noticed I have a much cleaner energy throughout the day. Like, as long as I don't eat anything super unhealthy, I won't hit those marks during the day where I feel a little more tired. And the second thing is my sleep has been phenomenal. I've been dreaming vividly almost every night, which is so, so cool. And I usually wake up and I feel like I'm just coming from a super, super deep sleep. But not in the way where I'm overly groggy, but it just feels like I'm very well rested. So if you want to learn more about this supplement, I actually did a video review where I go a little bit more in-depth on the supplement itself, the research, my experience, and if you click the link in the show notes, you can find them there, or if you're ready to just head over to their site to learn more, I will include the link in the show notes for that as well. And you can access the show notes for this episode on iTunes, on Google Play, really wherever you're listening to the show, or you can go to earlyrisersmovement.com ERM49. So I'd recommend you at least check the supplement basis out. It's been an awesome, awesome experience for me, and I'd love for you to try it. So with that being said, like I said before, the purpose of this episode is to help you fully understand how what you eat affects how you think and feel. In this episode, I'm really not going to get into specifics about how to improve your gut health and how to improve your health in that sense, but I do really want to drive this point home. The single point right here, that diet has a huge, huge effect on your overall quality of life. And if you don't have it under control, I'm a firm believer that it should probably be one of your first priorities. So guys and girls, this is the one, this is the episode where if you listen to it and it turns on a light in your brain, I'm just asking you to share it with someone else who needs to hear it. This information is so, 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 so valuable. And if you understand it, You can understand that a lot of the issues that people are experiencing mentally, whether that's anxiety, depression, or even just mood swings, a lot of these issues can be drastically reduced with better nutrition. That's it. And that may sound crazy, but I'm just asking you to hear me out for this episode. Just keep an open mind, and if it does turn a light bulb on for you, please share it with someone else. That's my ask. I put a lot of research into the episodes that I do. This is a free podcast. I'm not getting paid for it. And all I ask is that you share this episode with someone who needs it. Because this information can seriously help a lot of people change their lives. So, with that out of the way, let's get into it. Alright, to understand this, we're going to have to start with the complete basics, right? I want to make this episode for people who have no idea what anything means about the body. So, first we want to cover what the enteric nervous system is. So the enteric nervous system is a large collection of neurons located in the gastrointestinal tract. It's been nicknamed the second brain by scientists because it has such a huge effect on how we feel. Now, you may hear the name second brain and you may think, you know, it's responsible for thought. It's not really thought. It's not really responsible for any conscious thought, but it does have a large effect on our emotions. So basically what the enteric nervous system is, or the ENS, is it's a system that spans from your esophagus to your anus, it has millions of neurons in it, and one of its main functions is to integrate information about the state of the GI tract, okay, the gastrointestinal tract. So basically, the ENS takes this information that it picks up on the GI tract, and it sends it to the central nervous system. Now, the central nervous system is basically a collection of your brain, your spinal cord, and some neurons. So that may sound like a lot, but let me just quickly summarize it. Basically, the enteric nervous system takes information from your gut and sends it to your brain. So basically, odds are you'll be pretty aware of the health of your gut because that information is getting transmitted directly to your brain. All right, now that we have that out of the way, let's talk about the gut. Now, I believe a few guests on the show have talked about this in the past. I think Dr. Stephen Gundry was one of them. I've definitely talked about this in the past, but I want to completely summarize it in this episode, so if you're a first-time listener or you're just hopping on, I really want you to have a full understanding of what your gut does and why it's so important that you keep it healthy. So your gut contains something called your microbiome, and if you're asking what your gut is, your gut is basically your stomach, you know, it involves a little bit of your GI tract, but basically your microbiome contains billions of different types of bacteria. And that may sound kind of gross, but at the end of the day, we're basically a collection of all these bugs, of all these bacteria. Now, in our stomach, the different types of bacteria are really, really diverse, right? Picture something like a rainforest. In a rainforest, you have a ton of different species of animals, insects, all interacting in some way. And that's kind of what goes on in your microbiome in your gut. So you have good bacteria, you have bad bacteria, And based on the level of each that you have in your body, how they interact is completely different. You know, if you have an overwhelming amount of good bacteria, you're going to have good health. Your gut's going to be able to function regularly. If you have bad bacteria, you're going to deal with some health issues because you're not going to be able to digest fully. Your gut's not going to be able to carry out all the processes that it normally does. So bottom line, a lot, a lot, a lot of your health comes from the gut bacteria in your stomach. And while that's great, you know, how is your gut health connected to how you think and feel? How is it connected to the brain? So, this is where something called the vagus nerve comes in. The vagus nerve is a nerve that connects the gut to the brain. Not only does it send signals from the gut to the brain, such as when you're full or even the health of your gut, but it also sends signals the other way from the brain to the gut, right? When you're nervous, you've probably experienced some stomach issues before. Whether that's a little gassy, maybe you get diarrhea, maybe you throw up, but you probably do deal with some stomach issues if you experience nervousness. So basically this nerve, the vagus nerve, allows the brain and the gut to communicate both ways, which is really, really super important to understand before we move on. So when the gut communicates with the brain, it affects your perception of hunger and fullness It affects your mood and stress levels, and the activation of your inflammatory stress response is affected as well. Okay, so when the gut talks to the brain, that's the information that it sends over. And when the brain communicates with your gut, it affects your digestion, your secretion of digestive enzymes, and gastrointestinal motility, which basically means your body's ability to move feces throughout right? It's like the muscles in your gut that can move it through. So are you going to be constipated? Are you going to have diarrhea? Or are you going to have a healthy bowel movement is all based on your gastrointestinal motility. So with all that being said, here's the bottom line. vagus nerve activation, again, the vagus nerve being the thing that connects the brain and the gut. This is involved in obesity, gastrointestinal diseases, cardiovascular diseases, mood disorders like depression, and all other kinds of health problems and this is backed by research and we're going to talk about the research in a little bit but bottom line your vagus nerve activation really really has an effect on how you feel right it's involved in all these physical health issues but again it also has something to do with mood disorders like depression anxiety so before we get into some facts of different hormones that are produced in your gut I do want to share a pretty funny study that's being done. Um, So scientists are, you know, they see the power of the bacteria in the gut and they see how it helps with digestion. So what they're doing is they're actually freeze drying feces. They're putting it into a pill and they're testing if this pill helps obese individuals with their digestion. So number one, their hypothesis has actually worked on rats. And basically their hypothesis is that microbes in your gut, which is you know, microbes being another name for those bacteria, they're actually helping with digestion in these obese individuals. So I just wanted to share that I read it, I thought it was really hilarious, while at the same time, very interesting. But with that being said, let's kind of get back to the gut brain connection. So let's look at a few facts, because I really want you to understand why your gut is so important in how you think and feel. So I do want to dive into a couple hormones that your stomach produces or that your gut produces. Because if you understand that a lot of these hormones that affect how you think and feel are being produced in your gut, then you can see if your gut is unhealthy, you're not going to be producing these hormones. And these numbers are wild, like the percentages that are produced in your gut and what hormones they actually are. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to break it down into really, really simple terms. But number one is serotonin. Now, I've seen a few statistics for this hormone, but from what I've seen, between 90 and 95% of serotonin is produced in your gut. What? Now, serotonin is often referred to as the happy hormone if you haven't heard of it before, and it's responsible for regulating your mood. If you're not producing enough serotonin, your mood is going to be all over the place. All right. And just to cite a study, just so you kind of get an understanding of this, a 2016 study done by Nutrients found that low brain serotonin levels is associated with poor memory and depressed mood 90 to 95% of that hormone is produced in your gut right so if the neurotransmitters in your gut are off you're not going to produce as much serotonin and it will affect your mood you know studies are being done research shows this all right so serotonin clearly being produced in the gut let's talk about dopamine Now, dopamine is known as the pleasure hormone, and if you've heard of it before, that's probably what you know it as. But dopamine also helps regulate movement, attention, learning, and, this one's key, emotional responses, right? So it's a very important hormone that your body produces, and a good portion of it is produced in your gut. So I kind of want you to take a guess, you know, right now, how much dopamine do you think is produced in your gut? Now, I was blown away by this because I genuinely always thought that 100% of your dopamine was produced in the brain, but it's estimated that around 50% of your dopamine is produced in your gut. And research is still being done, but that's the current estimate. 50%. What? 50% of the pleasure hormone, the hormone that helps us with our emotional responses, is being produced in our gut. And if our gut's not healthy, it can't produce that dopamine at a healthy level. So serotonin, dopamine, and then the third hormone that I want to talk about is GABA, G-A-B-A. So GABA functions as a neurotransmitter and it facilitates communication among brain cells. GABA's big role in the body is to reduce the activity of neurons in the brain and central nervous system, which in turn has a broad range of effects on the body and mind, including, okay, these are key, increased relaxation, reduced stress, a more calm, balanced mood, alleviation of pain, and a boost to sleep. Now, this is really, really cool. So the bacteria in your stomach not only produces GABA itself, but it also produces GABA receptors. So the more GABA receptors your brain has, the more GABA you can use. And that's what your stomach and your gut is producing. And again, if your stomach's not healthy... You're not going to be producing as many GABA receptors, you're not going to be producing as much GABA, and you're going to feel the effects of this mentally. And there's a study done where researchers found that GABA not only induces relaxation, but it also reduces anxiety. Okay? (laughs) So your gut is responsible for this. And again, serotonin, dopamine, GABA, all of these hormones are produced in your gut. And bottom line, that means if the bacteria in your gut is thrown off, Your gut health will be thrown off and you won't be producing the normal levels of these hormones. So I'm kind of nerding out about this stuff. I'm really hoping you're a little interested in the subject because this research is so crazy and so strong. And it blows my mind that this stuff isn't what we're teaching in schools. Like This is important. So again, if you have lower levels of these hormones in your body, based on a lot of research, you'll be experiencing a very different... And what I would consider unhealthy balance of hormones in your body. And that's going to lead to a lot of different mental health and mood issues. Alright, so that was a lot of science. Basically, I want to bring this all together right now for anyone who didn't really want to listen. Maybe you tuned out or maybe you just want to solidify your understanding. So based on the research we've covered, if you have an unhealthy gut, you'll have some sort of hormone imbalance and your mood will be affected. So bottom line, if your gut is unhealthy, you're going to experience issues with your brain. And all that being said, brings me to my final point. What we consume is ultimately what impacts the health of our gut. Stress plays a part in gut health as well, but bottom line, the foods you eat and the drinks you consume all play a direct effect on the health of your gut bacteria. Things like pesticides, preservatives, and antibiotics can all mess with your gut health, And I would love to do an episode on this in the future, even though I have talked about it in the past. But all of these things can affect your gut health, which is why it's so important that you have a brutal, brutal, brutal understanding of how to eat healthy, right? Not just thinking of eating less and having a salad, but really, really understanding what health is, what foods go well with your body, what foods promote healthy gut bacteria, and what foods don't. So like I said, I did a lot of research in this episode, and I kind of wanted to bring it all together. I ran across like a bunch of random studies while I was doing the research that I thought were crazy interesting and I wanted to share. So the first study is a study done by Stephen Collins, who is a gastroenterology researcher at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, and he found that strains of two bacteria, so I'm going to butcher these names, lactobacillus and bifidobacterium, So those two strains of bacteria reduce anxiety-like behavior in mice. And they say anxiety-like behavior because scientists can't really call it anxiety because you can't ask a mouse how it's feeling. But the idea is that these two bacteria reduce anxiety-like behavior in mice. And these two bacteria are also carried by humans in our guts. So in one study, he and his colleague collected gut bacteria from a strain of mice prone to anxious behavior. And they actually took that bacteria in the mice and they transplanted these bacteria into another strain inclined to be calm. So they took anxious mice, they took their gut bacteria, and they put that gut bacteria into mice who are usually calm. And what they found was that the tranquil animals appeared to become anxious. There was another study done where researchers transferred gut bacteria from anxious humans into germ-free mice. So they were animals that had been raised really, really carefully so their guts contained no bacteria at all. And after the transplant, these animals also behave more anxiously. And okay, you're thinking, well, that's great. You know, mice, that's, what does that have to do with a human? So they are starting to do more human studies on this. The most well-known human study that I came across was done by a UCLA researcher. And basically, he recruited 25 subjects, all healthy women. And for four weeks, 12 of them ate a cup of commercially available yogurt twice a day, while the rest didn't. And why yogurt? So yogurt is a probiotic, meaning it contains live bacteria, and in this case there were strains of four, so bifidobacterium, which was one of those good bacteria that we mentioned before, streptococcus, lactococcus, and lactobacillus. And before and after the study, the subjects were given brain scans to gauge their response to a series of images of facial expressions, happiness, sadness, anger, and so on. So what did they find? This is crazy. So these results were published in 2013, so honestly a while ago, in the journal Gastroenterology, and they showed significant differences between the two groups. So the women who ate the yogurt reacted more calmly to the images than the control group. And the guy who led the study said that the contrast was clear, this was not what we expected, that eating a yogurt twice a day for a few weeks could do something to the brain. And basically he thinks that the bacteria in the yogurt changed the makeup of the subject's gut microbes And that this led to the production of compounds that modified brain chemistry. Wow. And then I wanted to throw in one more study. This one is also awesome and it really kind of helps solidify everything we talked about. So basically researchers took people who reported living with some mental issues, whether that was PTSD, schizophrenia, depression, or bipolar disorder, and then they took people who were healthy, so they reported that they had you know, no mental health issues on that end, and they made sure that they were matched for age, gender, and body mass index. So it was the same type of person. And basically, the results demonstrated from the study that people who reported mental health issues had more bacteria in common with other people who reported similar problems than they did with the controls. So the people who experienced these mental health issues, whether that was PTSD, schizophrenia, depression, bipolar disorder, they showed similar bacteria in their stomach to people who experienced the same things, and they didn't really show as much of similarities with the people who didn't experience these health issues. Guys and girls, look, this is serious stuff. The food we're eating and what we're drinking is directly affecting how we think and feel through the gut. And unfortunately, the food industry isn't focused on this issue, right? They're focused on making their food taste better. They're focused on making it last longer. They're focused on making it cost less to produce, which for them sounds great. But for the people consuming it, right, us, it's causing a huge issue with how we think and feel. There has been a huge rise in mental health issues over the past few years. And even though this may be a controversial opinion, I truly believe that nutrition is one of the things that's contributing to it. And, you know, as crazy as that sounds, the research is actually backing this up. And I know this can be hard to process. If you come from a background where nutrition wasn't a huge focus and you kind of ate whatever you wanted, this can be a really difficult thing to understand and digest. And, you know, after hearing this, all I ask is that you you just keep an open mind. I know people shut down when new facts come into play and it changes the way they see the world. But all I ask is that if you're experiencing these issues with your brain, that you just keep an open mind and that you're open to doing more research. As I mentioned in my episode about anxiety, I experienced pretty severe anxiety in high school and college. And I can tell you, you know, at that point in my life, it was bad enough to the point where I was okay with admitting to myself that I didn't know everything about the world. And if someone had a way, you know, if someone came to me at that time and they said they had a way to help me improve my mental health, I absolutely would have been open to the situation. So with all that being said, if you are in that spot, if you're in the spot where you're experiencing mental health issues, and you think, you know, maybe my diet is contributing to this, maybe I'm unknowingly eating these foods that are messing with my gut bacteria. And, you know, hint, you probably are, like, this stuff is crazy. It, It honestly feels like to me, so many things that we're surrounded by that we are completely unaware of are hurting our gut health. Whether that is the tap water we're drinking, whether it's these foods from the grocery store that are labeled as healthy or the healthier option or the antibiotics we take or you know even just our stress. Like There's so much that goes into our gut health that if you're not educated, you would have no idea what you're doing to your body. So with that being said, if you're in that spot, And you're interested in improving your gut health and you would like to work together to clean up your diet, actually hit me up. Send me a message on Instagram at earlyrisersmovement. Send me an email, info at earlyrisersmovement.com. Hit me up on Facebook, Skylar Deem. Basically, if you hit me up, we can hop on the phone and chat. I would love to talk to you about some tweaks you can make to improve your gut health. But that's the episode for today. Like I said, this one was a blast for me to research and I really want to emphasize Look, if you got value out of this or you learned something new, all I ask is that you send it to at least one person. This is information that honestly should be taught in school because even understanding it can be enough motivation for people to start learning how to eat healthier and to change their actual lives, like change the way they think and feel. And that is so, so powerful. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm focused on making an impact because I know that people can live healthier and happier lives just by understanding this information and I know that the people who can change their own lives also can then have the ability to change other people's lives around them. So with that being said, thank you all so much. I'd love for you to reach out and let me know what you thought of the episode on Facebook or on Instagram at Early Risers Movement. But at the end of the day, guys and girls, I love y'all. I'm so, 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 so excited to keep this podcast going. I hope all of you have or had a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays Enjoy some time with your family, eat some awesome food, relax, kick back, and really just be appreciative of where you are in your life right now. So with that being said, guys and girls, keep killing it, and I'll talk to you next time.